Before we start today's podcast, we are going to dive deep into the pages of Urban Dictionary. Oh, Lord. Today's word is Cosby sweater. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's... I am not looking that up. I'm not doing Yeah, I'm going to do it. Fear not, <laughs> Mr. Cox. D. Attenborough has you covered. <laughs> Munching something bright and colorful like Fruit Loops or a roll-up and doing a tactical vom on your partner's chest. The end result should be nothing short of a messy, majestical rainbow. <laughs> Gross. <sighs> yeah, they have to look that one up. <laughs> so, so wrong. They can't make the podcast. <laughs> Bikers Podcast, presented by Memphis Shades, the clear choice for custom windshields and bearings for your motorcycle. Oh, shit. So in order to give somebody a Cosby sweater, would they technically have to be passed out under sedation? <laughs> I, I would I would say that's an absolute must. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I don't think anybody's going to volunteer for that. No. Hey, no, I would you come over hey. here and shit on me. <laughs> Hold still. <laughs> Hold still. <laughs> Quit squirming. <laughs> That's disgusting. That can't make the podcast. We can't put that in the podcast. <laughs> hey, Dust. Good day, Mike. What in the name of a buying a motorcycle in the middle of a midlife crisis are we talking about tonight? You're not far off. You're not far off. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, welcome back to Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Today we're going to be talking subject. I think we we actually did a poll on on Discord that's going to help contribute to today's topic. But we're talking about when we actually got into writing, like really into it. So I put a poll out on our Discord. (laughs) Easy there, killer. Ron, Discord, Discord. Discord. you can catch a charge doing that. Yes, you can. Watch a Did tripod. You, I was, gonna say, was that your OnlyFans account? Maybe. <laughs> was it, is that where you meant to post it? Well, you got to stop paying me so much. I paid see? you shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that. Somebody rocking, knocking his knees. <laughs> <laughs> so i i put a uh a post in the discord if that's better poll post i mean whatever it's all the all same right. right yeah it's all the same and uh i asked everyone if they could give the age that they started riding you know taking it seriously and i was actually very surprised at the the results were different than i expected yeah, I was surprised too from what I saw. I yeah. didn't even look. <laughs> Let me look. Where is it? I'm sure that you didn't. I it's looked early questions? on, but not since. It's under five dirty bikers. Oh. Let's go there real quick, Tony, since you and oh. I didn't didn't yeah. look. God damn. <laughs> Looks like thirty something is the winner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say I would say late twenties might might even be before even thirty something. There's a lot of twenties in there. We got to be in the thirties here. Yeah, Easy. I'm saying thirties. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking thirties. Yeah. It seems yeah. to be 
20s and 30s seems to be the winner. Yep. And then there's all of us midlife crisis dudes in there. Yep. In the 40s. Yep. yep. There's a bunch. What's of considered midlife anymore? Right. Well, Thank the, the median the median age hasn't really gone up, so it's like you know, men are still living to be about 72, 73. So if you're 45, you're past middle oh, age. Dude, that's, that's depressing. Shut <laughs> up. I'm with you, Tony. That Fuck. is depressing. And Tony, you got about 21 good years left. Man, dude. my fucking warranty's up. I mean, <laughs> I have all the itises, bursitis, gingivitis, arthritis. I mean, if it's an itis, I got it. <laughs> yes, you do. Thank you, Grandpa. Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, Tony, pain is sailing up here. Well, when you get bifocals, at least your dong looks bigger when you look at it. <laughs> That's a plus. <laughs> like, look at that meaty bastard. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, we'll and, just... then, and then he keeps trying to figure out how it got so close to his face. <laughs> Did you just see him look down? He just looked down, too. Oh, yeah, man. That's Fine. impressive when you got the bifocals on. Are you wearing pants? I ain't had meat this close to my face since college. <laughs> Jesus. Jody's like, God damn, that thing's close. You just about to touch my nose from here. How's that thing? <laughs> look, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> you look like a two-hander for sure. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got to meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> what a pun. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Damn. <laughs> so go ahead, Tony. Tony, why don't we have you why don't we have you start? When did you really get into it? When did you really get into writing? When I really got into it is when I started back writing. And I guess I was 42, 43 when I got back into it because I had to take some time off. Uh I started riding when I was like eight and rode on and off my whole life. But I had to take about a 10 year break when my wife was at home taking care of the kids, because if I got hurt, then we were in a situation. So, so were you more into it? Were you more into it in your forties? Oh yeah. When, when I bought the iron, uh, I was all in that. That's when I really started getting into the mods and, and riding and doing the whole thing. So is that the, was that the question though? I thought, oh, we're talking. Are we talking serious riding? Because I mean, I was serious riding back when I was young, and then I took a hiatus for a while. Yeah. <laughs> when you see, yeah, what age were you when you got into riding, and like why, basically? I got into riding because I got a motorcycle as a present. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Nice. And it's fun when you're a kid. It sure is. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Because you can fall and you bounce right back. Yeah, yeah. And then, then when were, you get were old, you into like, it or were you really into it then? No, I mean, I I never, like, I didn't race or, like, ride. I mean, I probably got into motorcycling probably 15, 16 years old. And that's when I wrecked my ninja. But yeah, 15, 16, that's whenever I started riding on the street and actually enjoying it. Had my own oh. helmet and jacket and boots and all that stuff. So cool. There you go. Yeah. Dustin, you started kind of early though, didn't you? Or you were 30 in your 30s, weren't you? No, I was, let's see, 35. Yeah. When I bought my first bike, I took the MSF course. 
uh, I was 34 when I really was really serious about getting it, you know, doing, doing research, looking, you know, watching videos, trying to, you know, see if that was something I was real serious about. And I just kept talking myself into it. And I just said, screw it. In the fall, I signed up for MSF course classes in the spring, got the, got in the first class that was released to on the schedule and been loving it ever since. And you think people would go about it the other way? Cause you know, I got two boys, a lot of people do all their, do all the writing and stuff when they're younger. And then you, you know, you have, you settle down, have a family. A lot of people give it up and then maybe they'll pick it up again. I did it bass backwards. So I, sure bought, did. I bought the bike after my second son was uh, a year and a half old. Yeah. And been riding ever since. Boom. Gavin. He liked to mm. talk back and hit it. Mm. Ryan. Um, well, I rode when I was a kid um, as a passenger for a long time, for probably five or six years. When I lived in Southern California, that's when I started riding. And then I was off bikes until my early 30s. And I had a bike for about seven years, starting from probably 32 to 38. And then I was off for a couple of years and then got my Sportster and I've been on. And I would say that's been probably the last seven years pretty steadily on a bike. So so what changed there from you kind of off and on to finally like, you know, staying with it? Um, when I, when I was, I was just a passenger when I was a kid and then it was kind of just life and everything got in the way. Um, and then when I got back on in the, when I was in my thirties, that's when I knew I I wanted to have motorcycling kind of to be a permanent part of my life. And, uh, that's when I got my Kawasaki Vulcan and I did that for a while. And then I sold that, um, again, just life things. We needed carpet for our house. We were selling our house, just kind of things, just life kind of got in the way. And I was also, um, had just taken a job that was 35 miles from home. And I didn't know if I was going to use the bike I had to commute with. And so there's just kind of some, some factors that kind of played into it. So I did, i sold it. And then, um, couple of years later after I sold it, we diff- moved into a different house and I got my Sportster. And, and after that, it was, was all um, riding as much as I could. And, and I knew that from that kind of, from that point on, I knew that I would have a bike until I couldn't ride anymore. There you go. But yeah. I, I, when I was looking at the numbers to me, I'm wondering if um, there isn't a financial component to that too. You know what I mean? Where every it's person. It's a huge fucking financial component because the shit right. ain't cheap. I was going to say, that's kind of what I was, when I was looking at it, you know, you have like some mid twenties, mid thirties and mid forties were kind of the numbers. And I would guess that that kind of probably falls into where people could afford to buy a bike. Well, like, so when I was riding, you know, from 15, I rode from 15 up until I was 22, 23. And then I got married, had children. And that's when the bike riding stopped until you know, six years ago, five years ago, six years ago, something like that. But I was taking care of my kids and there was a big, there was a big financial component to it. Yeah. I had, <clears throat> I had money to spend, but that money, you know, I didn't feel was a necessity <laughs> for a motorcycle. And then when I got back into the riding, that was when, you know, I, I said, okay, look, this is something that I want to, I want to do for, you know, a, a good hobby 
that I want to keep a continuous thing on. So, so Mike, you, you just said something that I, I wonder if, if it doesn't touch people after they've, you know, really gotten into it, which is you said, I didn't see motorcycling as a necessity, which right. it, re- it really isn't. But do you see it as a necessity in your life now? Yes. Yeah. And, and that comes with, I think, I think, I do think there's a financial aspect to it, but I also think there's age and wisdom and people find a lot of comfort in the freedom of motorcycling. And I oh, think there's that's the Harley more, word. You, you did it. What? <laughs> you broke freedom. out the Harley word freedom. freedom. <laughs> you did it. Well, I can tell you freedom on a diner. If it's anything freedom ain't no. that word freedom that word freedom and the word harley this hey this episode's gonna be a dud (laughs) (laughs) it might be but really a motorcycle's a a want it's not a need yep you don't you don't need it you you want it so i think as you get older you start you have the disposable income where you can afford that want. i mean yeah that's what i i mean when I was 25, there's no way I could have went and dropped fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on a motorcycle. I would have gotten oh, divorced. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I remember going to the, I remember because most of my stuff was used that I bought. And I remember going to the Suzuki dealerships and the Honda dealerships. And I was looking at, a, you know, you'd see a Jixxer 750 or a Jixxer 1000. It was like 14 grand, 12 grand. And I'm like, yeah. I can't fucking afford that. No. The fuck am I going to do with that? <laughs> how the fuck am I going to pull that one off? Yeah, that's it. especially a Harley. I mean, that, yeah, no. man, that's way up there. Go get but your I, CEO, CVO, Mike. It's only 40 G's. Well, fuck yeah. Yeah, it looks good. We'll just roll that in with the house payment. Yeah, just roll that in. <laughs> I got two houses. Finance that bitch for 120, 120 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard yeah. from Miss Mary yet. Well, I was 44. When I started riding motorcycles. Party far. Party far. Yep. I was. I was 44. I had thought about it on and off for years, but just never got serious about it. And you never rode before that. I just, just the Honda mini trail bikes with my cousins when I was, you know, probably preteen around my teenage years, something like that. I guess for you and us, and the question is, because I've... Mike and, and Ryan and I, we've all been on bikes our whole lives pretty much. Mm-hmm. What is it that one day you wake up and just go, I want to fucking ride a motorcycle? <laughs> I don't know. I guess for me, it was just, it had always been in the back of my mind and I had mentioned it several times and had gotten shot down. Like, no, you, you don't need one yet. You, you don't need one. Our daughter's, you know, not old enough for you to be going out and getting killed on a motorcycle, that kind of thing. And then one day the opportunity just presented itself. And that's when I reached out and grabbed it and just said, I'm doing it. Huh. There you so go. what about you, Dustin? What, what was the, you just wake up one day and go, huh, I'm going to buy a fucking motorcycle. It was about eight bottles of Coors Light at Chief's Tavern. Oh, that's when the <laughs> best decisions are made. <laughs> yeah. luckily, I don't, luckily, I never drink that much when I ride, but no. A buddy of mine, Roger, you guys have probably seen in some of the old videos I did, but Linda, we, we were, yeah, Linda. yep. He and I were Fat just, ass. yeah, he and I were just sitting in a bar. Sometimes we do get dumb <clears throat> ideas, but this was a good one. We're just like, we should get, we should, uh, we should buy bikes. I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. 
buy another round and we'll talk about it some more. Yeah, <laughs> fucking alcohol I, decisions are fantastic. No, but that's one that stuck even the next day with the hangover. Um, I just started diving into research, you know, different, different bike brands, you know, what I could afford, what I couldn't afford, what was out there. And like I said before, it was just a matter of, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm financially able to do it now. Cars paid off. So why the hell not? No, far out. Yeah. Beer. It's See, not remember- a problem. It's Kansas solutions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, See, and that was the, that was the thing too, Dustin. Is I had, I had actually got. We we talked about it either the last episode or the uh, episode before that about the soft tail slim, the green soft tail slim with the white, mm-hmm. with the white star on the tank. And what if it was a star? What if it was a starfish instead? <laughs> <gasps> Ooh, that would be awesome. That's funny. It's a starfish slim, <laughs> slim starfish. <laughs> really. Man, that bike sure looks tight. It is. <laughs> um, but I had it all sounds looking, like a dog whistle. It does. Um, but I had remembered looking at that bike, and and I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" But you know, of course, that was a special model. So since it was a special, it was a lot more expensive than the other stuff. And I was like, "Damn, you know what?" you know, this, this sucks. Well, so then I started looking at the irons and I'm like, man, that iron eight, eight, three is awesome. And let me just tell you, everybody has financial stuff. It doesn't matter what your income really is. Your income is, uh, not, Oh God, I don't want to say it right. It's not irrational. Your income is, uh, like the more money you make, the more money you spend. It's relative. There we go. It's just so a bigger income. shit slide. So, so right. Yeah. So so your income is relative to what you spend. And so when I went there to look at, at, at the motorcycles and stuff, I saw the iron and fell in love with it. Like everyone who owns a who has owned iron in the you know in the past or a sportster. Um and I was like, oh man, I can get that bike. And it was, you know, eighty five hundred dollars, eighty nine hundred dollars. And I'm like, man, that's 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 I can buy a car for that much, you know? And so then I started looking for used motorcycles. And when I started looking for used motorcycles, that's when I found the Sportster and, you know, went from there. But it's the fact that I wanted something that was a hobby that I knew I enjoyed from my past. And I I figured, you know what, I can get out here and ride and I can enjoy myself and I can meet people. And because at the time, I didn't have any friends in Kansas. I didn't have, you know, really anything. And I figured, you know what, this would give me a little bit of freedom to run around and do whatever. But, um, you know, honestly, the, the <laughs> it was scary walking into the dealership and it was scary when I got the quote on the price on that iron eight, eight, three, because I thought, holy shit, that is a lot of money for a payment for something that is a, like you said, Tony is a want. It's not a, a want. Need. Yeah. So there are people from the younger generation who who have gotten out of college or gotten out of school, have good jobs or what have you, and they're able to have that budget because you know, however, whatever. Um, but just because you're, you know, thirties and forties doesn't mean that you're not going to have the financial strain of well, getting into motorcycling. I I agree. Look. 
let's get Dakota Ryder 95 up because he started at 22. Up. So tell us what, what, how, how did you get into it and why did you get into it at such an early age? Well, my, uh, I have a few uncles who are ridden, they ride. And so also growing up, you know, I watched Terminator 2 and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, shit. With, that was it. Yeah. So <laughs> I always, I'm going to get a soft so, tail. I'm going to fat boy, fat boy, and I'm going to buy shotgun lever action. <laughs> then, you know, of course, growing up too, at the time I was, you know, like sixth, seventh grade, all those custom bike shows were on, like West Coast Customs and Orange County Choppers and all that. So I grew up knowing I was going to buy a bike one day. Well, when I was 22, my mom was in the hospital for pancreatic cancer. And she told me one thing is go after your dreams or what you want now, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. There's a few times where she didn't almost didn't make it. So, yeah. And that's how I got that so you went summer out or that spring. I started looking at bikes. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that's a good story, man. But that should be something for anyone who listens to the podcast, anyone who's on the discord, anyone who comes across this, this episode is just like your mom told you don't make your don't. If you have a dream or something that you want to do, grab life by the horns and make it happen. Don't yeah. wait. Yeah. If, and, you're, if you're 90 and you're on your deathbed, you don't want to look back and think about all the things you didn't do in this life. No regrets. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess my, my question for, it would be for Dustin and Mary, because like Tony said earlier, Tony and Mike and I have all been off and on bikes most of our lives, but now Dustin and Mary, that you two have started riding and it's become such a major part of your life. Do do you ever see uh, a situation or a reason that you would quit riding and just be like, Nope, I'm done. I, I serve my time and I'm, I'm out. I would say just if I'm not able to do it anymore physically. Yeah, I'm in that boat too. Yeah. I, th- I think that's interesting because I, I uh, that's one question I think would be worth asking. And I think I might pose that in the Discord too, would be, you know, to ask people, um, <clears throat> those once you started riding, can you see a situation that would make you stop riding once w- once you kind of fall in love with it? You know, I, I think that's a, I think that's a, <clears throat> I think it's worth exploring at least because I know for me, um, once I started riding again, I knew I never, I, I knew that it was going to be a permanent part of my life until like Mary said, until she can't ride anymore. Um, well, there's always trikes. Yeah, there's yeah, always can ams. I was riding, I was riding on Saturday and this guy was in one of those. And when we pass each other, he goes like this, he throws his arm up in the air and gives me one of these <laughs> throws his arm Funny. straight, straight up in the air. And I you was are, like, you should have dick smacked him at the stoplight. <laughs> I could I could have reached him from across the road, but well, I would I'm like to say a, this. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here, but what if that guy riding that slingshot only had one leg, Ryan? Hey, you guys have all heard of Wes No Feet, right? You can, yeah, Wes No Feet. He's on Instagram. I've, I've he seen does enduro we- riders. He does. He does wheelies. He does wheelies all over the place on a, on a full dressed out bagger. He's got uh-huh. no legs at all. Oh wow, that's amazing. That's cool. 
He's had both of his legs amputated from the knee from the knee down from uh, from a uh, riding in a slingshot. Nope, skydiving accident. So that leads into the point that I was about to make. If he can ride without no legs, I was going to say. I've heard this before. People say, I'm too old. I'm too old to ride. No, you're not. If it's something that you're physically able to do and you want to do it, do it. Damn it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the the only two real reasons that would keep me from it would be one financial hardship or a bad accident. Yeah, exactly. I actually see myself downsizing as I get older because if the bike, you know what I mean? If the bike gets too heavy. You'll see. I'll, you get I'll your trike. I'll be God 85 years old on a Grom. He'll be a freewheeler. <laughs> Harley Davidson sells freewheelers. Yeah, they do. So no, I've met I've met guys in their 70s that just started riding for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know people in their 80s that still ride. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't see myself ever giving up motorcycling um, until I just can't literally can't do it anymore. I mean. You know, whether that be financial or health or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because well, it's something that I enjoy. As I'm looking at this list and Harley is, is griping about getting new people and new riders in on their motorcycles. The majority of the people looks like it's 30s and 40s before they even start riding. I mean, there's a few exceptions in there, but, you know. And people need to realize, you know, this this is this demographics from a wide span. This isn't just like we're reaching in California. Our Discord's all over it. How much yeah. is it, Mike? How much is it to join our Discord? It didn't cost a motherfucking thing, Dustin. Free. 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 It, it's fucking free, y'all. It's free. <laughs> but, you know, according to this straw poll that we took here, I mean, 30s and 40s are the winner. Yeah. You know, chicken. Hey, we got, we're going to get chicken dinners for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear from. I want to hear. I from like Matt. breasts. I want to hear from Matt. Matt, turn, right. your, turn your mic on, Matt. Which oh. Matt? Which Matt? Matt Smith. Turn your mic on. All hey. right, Matt. When when did you start riding? Probably preteens, dirt bike, okay. stuff like that. But okay. street riding was was on and off all through my twenties and thirties. Okay. So, and how old was, are you now? If you want to, if you wouldn't mind sharing. I'm 55. You're 50. Okay. And, and, and and do you see yourself, do you see yourself quitting riding? No, no, I'll keep doing it. I'll keep doing it till I can't. Right. And you've been riding for conservatively, what, 25 or 30 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, and I I think to me, that just says that if we can get people on bikes, they're going to stay on them. Right. That's, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the problem with motorcycle companies in general and the reason that they can't get the younger generations on motorcycles is because the younger generation are a bunch of pussies. Just no, saying. no, I think I think the younger I think the younger generation has more outlets than people in their late 20s, early 30s, early 40s. That you know, you know, they have different uh, 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 outlets to be able to, you know, de-stress or what have you. And I don't think that they've really been taught to to or to think that a motorcycle is something that would help you with your you know mental aspect and, and help you with a way of life. I blame it on Napster. Nap? <laughs> what the fuck? 
I blame it on Napster. Listen, when people stop paying for music, Tony, you remember you had to like save your allowance to go buy the first run DMC album. Man, you had to go to the record <laughs> store and get that shit. You That's right. That's all, but you had to save your allowance so you could go buy that first album, oh, right? Yeah, I it's tricky to rock around to rock around. Time <laughs> that's right. It's tricky. Yeah, one one of the first albums I bought was tricky, an LL, LL Cool J Candy, I believe, was one of his first albums. And I had to save my money to go buy that album. Hey. Once Napster came out, these kids stopped paying for music. As soon as they stopped paying for music, they wanted everything for free. And a motorcycle's too expensive. Hey, if you'll remember, LL Cool J said she had bamboo earrings, at least two pair. That's right. He did say that. Yeah. <laughs> I miss going to the record store. Right. Really? He, he, yeah, also, he also knocked out his mama. He did. He knocked <laughs> his mama right out. His yeah. mama, mama told him to. That's right. I wonder if she, I wonder if she was a squirter. <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. That's the one thing. I, when I think yeah. about somebody. Why does mama, it always got to go to waterworks? Why? <laughs> well, because that's, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. That's a fun Just thing. A it's a healthy line stepper. It's a healthy motherly thing that happens to all women. Is it really? Most women. Yeah. You why is got it, why Andrew is it, face palming over there in the corner. <laughs> why is it motherly? <laughs> why, because why is it motherly? That, that, that generally is what happens after women have had children. They can't they, control their bowels as easy. I think that's oh called peeing God. their pants. Okay. Bowels is not yeah. pee. Oh. Well, <laughs> that's poop. I don't. I don't like. Dad can't I make would. the podcast. I'm yeah, that would be terrible. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> He's been here for years. I lost my whole train of thought there. I, I think everybody in the room. Did. LL Cool J. Yeah, we went on a tangent. Sorry. Well, we, we were just. I, I just said that they were that it, the cost entry is too expensive. That's. I still think Carly needs to go back to making a 300 cc, 400 cc bike. That's sub five five thousand dollars well i mean even a fucking grom a 125 grom what is that what are they four grand 3900 bucks yeah 30 3400 dollars by the time you get taxes and everything in it you're four grand plus out the door Mm -hmm. yeah you can probably get a used one a couple years old for 3200 i bet you yeah i mean that's still expensive man but if you buy two of them that's the most fun that you can have with a riding partner or your pants on yeah. <laughs> if I had a Grom, I'd ride that bastard with my pants off. <laughs> All right. Well, good Touché. for you. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's an expensive uh, hobby to get into. And that's really what it is. It's 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 a hobby. I guess I think, it's really not the right word, but I think that's why the Grom craze has been a craze. Because if you'll look at the younger generation, if it basically will tell you, it basically answers that question. Because if you look at the, at the younger generation, the majority of the people who ride a Honda Grom and the amount of Honda Groms that were sold, it's the younger generation people in their very, you know, late teens, early twenties. And they're like, Hey man, I'm gonna go buy a Grom. And 10 of their buddies go, dude, that's a great idea. And so they all tend buy a $3,500 motorcycle that they can go out here and ride and do wheelies and hoon shit. And then they you know. stomp their toe and they have to have a thigh high cast put on for six months. Well, cause they're a bunch of pussies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think there's this interesting phenomenon too, because there's a guy in our discord, Mark Franklin. And I think a bunch of us have talked to him and Mark started out riding sport bikes. Right. But his first Harley was a 2020 street Bob. 
Wow. He now has purchased his third Harley. No, he had a oh, he had a street bob first, then went to a slim. Then yep, he had a 2020 okay. street bob. Then he went to a slim. Now he had, he just bought a Road King special. He's on Jesus. his third Harley in the last three years. It's so a and, disease, and, and he and he <laughs> he loves the bikes. He loves the Harleys. But does he but have he all on, three of those, or is he just no? He he, tra- he he traded them in. Okay, but you know he. He was a sport bike rider his, you know, for, for 10 years or longer before he started riding a cruiser. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, the phenomenon in terms of motorcycling, and it doesn't mean you automatically graduate out of riding a sport bike. But I think, you know, like, like Mike was saying before about the Groms, you know, you can get people on a Grom or, you know, they might, they might continue to graduate up. We can get Let's get Bri on here and talk to Bri about graduating up with bikes. Get yourself off mute, Bri. What was what did you start riding, Bri? I started with a 400 cc Bergman scooter. Bring it at me. I don't care. It was automatic. Fuck, dude. I'll yeah, ride that shit out of a scooter. <laughs> I ride that thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The only mod I ever fun. The only mod I ever did do it is I put a touring windshield on and I did like 500 miles in a day on that thing. That thing would hit 100 miles an hour. It was a monster. With a Turing windshield, it would hit 100 miles an hour. Yes, sir. God and damn, you can I need put a, a thirty pack of beer at your feet too. It's and you could you could fit a pizza under the seat too. You yes. could put a duffel bag, your camera bag, off you went. Holy crap! Right. And you'd the still best ne- four grand ever spent. And you'd still never get laid. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, if you were, you know, no, I'm going to argue that one. <laughs> I'm going to argue that one because I was single at the time. And I'll tell you what, that bike had no intimidation to it because it was big enough that you didn't feel like you were going to die, but it wasn't loud. So there, no, it, no, it worked. So you so were, you're, you're saying you were pulling the ladies with a scooter. Yeah. All day long. <laughs> he was driving, <laughs> driving over to the college campus being like, hop on ladies. Hey baby, like, jump on my Birdman. <laughs> I'll take you, to, I'll take you to your next class. Okay. So then, then what'd you have Brian after the scooter? I bought another scooter. <laughs> okay, no, that's okay. What what did you what did you have after that? I made the mistake of buying it. So in the first year riding, I had a 400 cc Bergman. I had a 650 Bergman, which I thought would be a bigger upgrade that it, it wasn't because it it was it was too heavy and it wasn't as nimble. Then I bought a KLR. I had okay. that for two or three years. Yep. I bought the Intruder 1500, and then I bought the uh, the Ultra. Right. I think I think Bry's a perfect example of somebody. Oh, and I had a versus, and we still have a 250 scooter. I think Bry's a perfect example of somebody who got into riding and just kind of graduated up as his styles and the way he wanted to ride and how he wanted to ride changes. Right, and that's I mean I mean that's how I grew up riding. You know, because I started out on a little 50 and worked my way up to a, a 250. Yeah, I worked my way up from a from a fifty to a one twenty five to a two fifty, and then went from that to a six hundred and a seven fifty and a nine and you know so yeah you, I mean I and then that's, you went that's, down to a four fifty yeah but that four fifty is way faster than most of the bikes I've had <laughs> that fucker is hot so so do you guys think I mean would you agree do you think that that the ages correlate directly to what when somebody could afford to start riding is that what is that what we're saying? I think it's a big factor. I think it's a big factor. Yeah. Age and affordability, and that's why when Mary talked about the 
you know, the monkey and the, uh, the Honda trail 50 or the trail 125 and all of these smaller motorcycles that are three grand, 3,500, $4,000. It's an outlet to get people into riding. And just like, you know, you and Tony both have said, if they had sold a, um, you know, if they had sold a 300 or, or not a 300, if they had, if they would come out with a, a fucking a 125, 250 or yeah, something. If Harley yeah. would do that, right there's your your good entry level bike. But make it fun, you know. Make it that's it's all about the fun. Well, here's here's the common denominator in all of this. If you think about it, it's mm-hmm. all about priorities. What your priority mm-hmm. is at the time, and whatever you whatever you make your priority is your heart. In other words, you know. Whoever you make your priority, whatever you make your priority, that's what that's what your heart is. Or if you want to be dripping with bitches like Bri. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then buy a scooter. scooter. He had to wear a a parka. It it boils down to this. You're not you're never too young and you're never too old. If you can afford it, go out and buy a motorcycle. It's fun. Well, and and just like Mary said, you know, affording it is relative. If you make it a priority in your life, you're going to find a way to afford it. Yeah. That's just you can, a, that's you just can talk yourself life. into anything. Yeah. Right. I don't know all about that. All yeah, I need to people, do is all I need sorry. to do is sit down and figure out how many times I eat out in a week, and that'll tell me how many uh, how many go. motorcycles I can afford. You know how much yeah. money you save by not eating out or getting that Starbucks coffee every morning? It adds up. Oh yeah, yeah it does. I'm not drinking a Starbucks, but I'll eat the Man, shit I'm out of Applebee's. I'm not paying six dollars for a fucking cup of coffee. <laughs> Fuck that! <laughs> I get it free at work. Man, <laughs> better go with the come and go. Get that ninety-nine cent. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going. Hold. I'm not buying coffee from a come and go. You get yeah, the you come got, and go. Well, you can just get it black. Just say or, hold the hold the cream. Hold or, the cream. What's or that? Or what's that other place? The come and go and the the pump, pump and munch. Pump yeah. and munch. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I'm that's that's probably my next big road trip next year is to find a come and go. Yeah, Minnesota, you'll find a come and go and um, buy me I'm, something while you're there. Dude, I, I want to go to St. Paul. It's been about 15 years, but when I was in back. Florida, I, I fucking went into a Bucky's. Have you guys, did I tell you all about that fucking place? They're great. No, no, I didn't uh-uh. tell you about Bucky's. No, so it's a fucking gas station, right? Huge. It has. A hundred fucking gas pumps, literally 100 fucking gas pumps. And the inside is like a Walmart. (laughs) And their bathrooms are pristine. Yeah. I mean, they had fucking, they had like a 12 foot beef jerky case. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a walk-in humidor, like where you could buy a cigar. Yeah, man. They they did. We have beef jerky from all over the world. Then in the middle, because I guess it originated in Texas. In the middle, they're doing Texas barbecue. They got smokers going with brisket and pork and. I was like, what the kind of fucking voodoo magic is this place? Man? Are they still around? Are they still are these still around? Yes. Buckies, they're brand new. I yeah. want to go. Oh, they, they had one in St. Augustine. I was pulled up. And I was like, this motherfucker. Look at this son of a bitch. I think I think they originated in Texas, actually. Yeah. But Tony, here's the real question. Would you shit in their bathroom? No. <laughs> Why? Dude, it's so private, right, man. You got to go home. <laughs> oh no, the bathrooms are like something else though. Hey, it's you like never know. You might need a shoehorn. You might need place. some WD forty coat hanger. You never know. You might be you biting down on a home. piece of leather. Yeah. So how did you manage? You got to have handles on the side of the toilet just in case. <laughs> how did you, you know? manage going to Saint uh, Saint Augustine? 
Well, it was, it was, it was my sister's house, so you know, that's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, you had to drive down there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm prairie dogging by the time I get to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing cotton when I get off the expressway. <laughs> okay. Conditions aren't right. You can't go in those places. Oh no, dude. I've 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 gone into the worst gas or I'm not gas station, but worst bathroom on the side of the highway ever. And I've been in probably some of the most pristine. I tell you what, it was I was moving back from college and me and my old man were driving driving home from Phoenix. And we stopped in some I mean, there were no lights outside this rest stop. I mean none. And we walk into the bathrooms. There's no lights in the bathroom. Oh, shoot. Except one that was just flickering. Yeah. No, we all we had was the moonlight. Oh, my God. But I went into That's that fucker and I could have swore I was taking a piss in the urinal. I could have swore there was somebody in the corner staring at me. <laughs> no. See, I just would have pissed outside. I did not shake it twice. I just got out. <laughs> somebody else shook it for him. Yeah, I would have been fucking heading out of there like a fucking sprinkler. That son of a bitch just would have. I'm out of here, man. Um, excuse me, sir, standing behind me. How do you have three hands? Gross. Mm. You know, I would say the worst bathrooms are probably Taco Bell bathrooms because no one, everyone knows that Taco Bell just just Ugh. hits you hard, right? So White Castle no, used no, to no. charge you a quarter. Walmart bathrooms Funny. are the worst. I wouldn't know because I ain't going in them dirty motherfuckers. (laughs) Somebody had jet power in their asshole and just blew it all over the back wall. Like it didn't even make the toilet. Mm. Man, so unfortunate. You seen um hall pass when that girl sneezes and shits at the back of the shower? (laughs) It must have been her because not not a drop hit the toilet seat. That's so wrong. Yeah, see, I ain't going in there, man. So shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Um, Tonight is our first night that we are starting to record our podcasts on Monday. So we've kind of had to flip flop um, with our patron members that are in here tonight with us. But thank you to our Merkins that are in here. And we had a new person join our patron Patreon this week. That is Christopher Copes. Thank you, Christopher, for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Your miraculous market church, Strike Park, Weapon and That's a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and crunchy. If anybody has a question for us, just unmute and ask the question right now. What's the setup going to be with this uh, Chopper Town thing you're doing? Good question. Good that question. is a good question. So. Tony? Right now, we are on their Facebook page. So uh, probably in two weeks, I forgot the date that we set, but we're going to do our first live stream on that in about two or three weeks. So you're just going to see snippets of the podcast until then. Uh, And then we're going to see how that platform does. And then if uh, that works out for us, we're going to move to some of their other platforms. They have uh, quite a few different ones. All right. Well, a quick second part to it, if you don't mind, is that that's not going to affect what you guys are doing currently with this show. It's just going to be different additional avenues. Yes. It's basically just going to be, we're going to do live streams over there, but the podcast will remain a hundred percent the same as it's been for the last, since we started. 
but there will be live streams over there and we may move over to their YouTube channel and do live streams there eventually too. Anybody else? Um, yeah. Uh, what do you guys have planned for guests for like the next couple of months? Or do you have anything lined up that far out? Well, we have uh, a couple that are, that are lined up. We've, we've kind of went on a little hiatus just because we had so many on in a row. Uh, okay. We thought we, we'd give it a little bit of a break, but uh, probably in, not next week, but the week after you'll start seeing some, some guests come on. And if you guys have any suggestions of who you'd like to see on the podcast, let us know in the discord. Yeah. And I, I've run, I ran into um, stunt writer junkyard Kenny a few weeks ago at a event in Alton. He said he's willing to come on. He had some traveling to do this month, but that may be, I guess we have in the books coming pretty soon because we've never had a stunt writer on before. He's a cool yeah, dude that would, too. That would be pretty cool. I was talking to TJ. He's the professional monkey on YouTube. I don't know if you guys watch his channel, but he's, he's growing pretty fast and I, I think he would be a good fit for the podcast. He seems like a pretty funny dude. So yeah, I'm in talks with him. So we're going to have him on soon also. And the only thing I would ask too, if you guys do have um, somebody that you'd like to have us on as a guest, keep in mind the subject matter of our podcast and kind of who we are, because we've had some recommendations of people to be on the podcast. And we've actually even asked a couple of people who have turned us down. So, you know, just keep that in mind that there may be people out there that just would not want to be on our podcast because of the subject matter or, you know, that kind of stuff. So we need to make sure it's a good fit for us and a good fit for them. We're not going to bring anybody on and try to embarrass them or make them feel bad or anything like that. So if you do have that, you know, idea and you're on our discord and you have a suggestion, just keep in mind, um, you know, whether or not they'd be a good fit. Hi guys. I just figured I wanted to ask you a little question about something. How do you guys feel about your Memphis Shade windshields? Memphis Shades? I don't feel anything with my Memphis Shades windshield because the wind protection is so fantastic. I heard you could see the sting rising up off of your main thing. Are are we talking about coffee still? Right. Yeah. I will have to say, in this area where I live and where I ride... Um, the Memphis Shade fairing, I have the Road Warrior fairing and the handguards are absolutely a game changer for me in terms of not having to um, have to feel the wind when I'm riding when it's cold here. Um, riding earlier, I've been able to ride earlier in the spring and ride longer without having um, trouble with the wind, especially when you're riding um, in colder temperatures. They've been absolutely amazing and uh, game changer. I would not ride without my my Road Warrior fairing and my handguards. I love my Memphis Shades, and I'll tell you why. Fit and finish is fantastic. It's a high-quality product, and each uh, mounting kit is specific to a bike, so you're guaranteed a perfect fit every time you buy a Memphis Shades product. I've yet to buy one that didn't fit perfectly and work just as they advertised. I mean, it's a fantastic product. Mary, you're in, you're in talks with Memphis Shades about getting a windshield for yourself, aren't you? I am, and I can't wait to try another one. Um, I just think the first one that I had was too short, and I'm going to be working with them to get another one for my Phantom and see how it works. So I'm excited about it. 
Yeah, once once fuck bug season, you got to be able to avoid them. Now I saw my first love bug yesterday. As a matter of fact, the fuck bugs are hard. Ah, <sighs> they're awful, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. They're little flying boners. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, Dust, how do you feel about your Memphis shades? I feel everybody needs to go to MemphisShades.com and check out all the awesome products they have. They are the official windshield of Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. And now it's time for... The Whip Banana Mono Word of the Day. It's like Jeff, you for your mind. Speaking of staying fresh and going to the pumping much the word of the day is sonic dookie sonic dookie <laughs> spelling is s upside down e dash n e k dash d upside down e dash k e e subscribables would be Sonic Dookie <laughs> Sonic Dookie <laughs> That's a fast one <laughs> See the mushroom cloud from here mm, Takes me back to Sega Genesis <laughs> With shit on it 1984 <laughs> all over again Takes me back to the last time Somebody ate White Castle Examples of Sonic Dookie in a sentence. The team's full name is the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they are often referred to by the Sonic Dookie Jaguars. <laughs> the, old scat, the old scat cat. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. Jesus. The brand manager decided that the Maple Leaf logo could serve as a sonic dookie for the tourism committee. <laughs> wow. Mm. I'm pretty sure they're not going to paint that on the wall with a brush. Ew. Nope. God damn. That's nasty. <laughs> and that has been the word of the day. Are you following the Five Dirty Bikers on social media? Like us on Facebook and follow us at Twitter and Instagram at Five Dirty Bikers. And check out our brand new website at FiveDirtyBikers.com. Keep it dirty, riders. And we'll see you next time on the FDB Podcast.